listener production. I enrolled both Lockie and Charlotte into Little Athletics, Little A's, last year. Now, Lockie was in the under eights and Charlotte was in the under sevens. While Charlotte literally skipped every race, coming in dead last but with a big smile on her face, little Lockie did really well. He even made it into the zone champs. And I found myself daydreaming about jet-setting around the world, watching him compete at world championships. I may have even worked out how old he'll be for the Brisbane Olympics in 2032. Yep, he'll be 19. Kind of perfect. The only slight issue is whenever I try to get him out to practice, he's just not that keen. I even did my best Rocky-style pep talk and he basically told me to back off, Mum. (laughs) So... I'm clearly not cut out for this parenting of an elite athlete thing. This is Healthy Her with Amelia Phillips. What does it take to raise an Olympian? Were they oozing with talent from the moment they could walk? Or did mum and dad carefully shape and manage their childhood, setting them up for sporting success? Whilst we probably know the answer will be somewhere in the middle, it is an interesting question. Did the parents of elite athletes raise their children any differently from, say, you or me? Could we be sitting on a little gem of talent if only we just nurture them the right way and are willing to make the sacrifices and the tough decisions? Could we too raise the next generation's Olympians? A man that has had first-hand experience with this is Tony Lacaze, proud dad to three-time Olympian steeplechaser Jen Lacaze, now Jen Gregson. Tony, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Amelia. Now, Jen has competed in not one, not two, but three Olympic Games, most recently Tokyo, where she made it into the 3,000-metre athletic steeplechase final. But let's rewind, Tony. Tell me about what sort of a child she was right from the get-go. Okay, that's going back. But, um, I mean, we raised the kids on a farm on Tambourine Mountain. We had four of them under five, and that was a deliberate choice. I sort of had this image of my boys playing together happily and, you know, we didn't care whether you had boys or girls, but they were all together. So they did start off competing at a very early age, like competing for affection competing for attention, competing for the food on the table. So that's what it was like. Now, boys, girls, what's the, what did you have, boys, girls, and where is Jen in that dynamic? She's number three with two older brothers and a younger brother. Okay, three boys, one girl, number three. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that is a very competitive, fertile ground, isn't it? Yeah, well, she, she would put up with anything from the boys except getting into her room. She fought tooth and nail, never let them in her room. And then she did her best to beat them at everything that she could. So she obviously had that competitive nature, which definitely comes from being in that larger family dynamic. What about just talent? Did she display talent from an early age or did it kind of bubble up later on? Well, I mean, she she was very physically strong for a little girl. Mm-hmm. Like I used to do chin-up competitions with them and racing competitions and swimming competitions you know, and bribe them and give them prizes. And not, not with any goal in mind, just because it was fun, you know. Yeah, And yeah. She, sort of, she sort of competed pretty well, but she's only competing against her brothers, not, not some world beater. So yep. we didn't do that with any plan in mind. It was just our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We'd have fun, play games and compete. And did you send her to Little A's at a young age? Well, Donna usually made decisions like that. And it was her decision to send them to Little A's. 
So you can't just drop your kids at little A's. You've got to stay there. Yeah. And my memories of little A's was looking at my poor kids. They're all little kids that, for their age, coming last, seriously last in every event and getting bitten by mosquitoes a lot down at Helensvale. <laughs> now, how old were they when you first sent them? Can you remember? Look, I can't really remember. I'm thinking grade two, three, four and Five. Okay, so because you can literally send them as four-year-olds. So you weren't like, you know, pushing them out of nappies onto the field. Like there were younger kids there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like when, when Donna had four kids to look after at that age, to give her a break, I used to take the kids to the pool every morning. I'm pretty sure it was from at least six months of age. Mm-hmm. And I put them in a pig pen at the pool and then I'd take them into the pool. So they were always um, outdoors and active. And the funny thing about little A's was like, seriously, they came last and everything, but Donna dug up this trophy that they got at the end of one season and it was for the Lacars family cross-country. Apparently, they all showed some promise at cross-country. Ah, interesting. And so let's talk about you and your wife, Donna. And I have to say, I, I messaged Donna because I was thinking I was wanting to interview the mum of an Olympian, but then Donna actually palmed off to you and said, no, it's Tony that had had the most impact. So it's interesting you saying a moment ago, no, it was Donna that made those decisions. But talk to me about the two of you. Are you both sporty and competitive by nature? Like amateur sportsmen. I mean, I did play professional rugby league and Donna was a a ballerina. I don't know how far she got with that. But what we did a lot of, um, Tambury Mountain was a small place. I was in the pharmacy there and it was very social. We had a lot of friends our age and we did triathlons. We played touch football. And we always took the kids with us. So the kids grew up on the sidelines at the touch football field or mm-hmm. being held by their grandma at uh, a triathlon. So they saw that sort of activity. So it's not like we were necessarily super sporty or winning gold medals or anything, but we were always doing something. Like you remember one time Don and I were just doing intervals on the oval and um, we turned around and here was Elliot and Genevieve jogging behind us. They just did that. Because they saw us doing it. Yeah. We gave an example, but we, we certainly don't have some fabulous genes to pass on <laughs> to, to get a, a great athlete. At the end of Little A's last season, this kid won, he would have been about 12 and he won, broke all these records. And when he went up to get the trophy, his dad came with him and his dad was like six foot eight, this massive muscly guy. And the whole audience actually laughed out loud because we were literally like, okay, now we see the genes. Now we see where this (laughs) this child has such a competitive advantage. What about your parenting style? Looking back now, do you notice anything that differed from your parenting style to other parents? And I'm imagining, you know, this image of you out in the thunderstorms chasing your kids around the track while it's raining, while everyone else has gone home. Well, no, it was nothing like that. I I mean, I think we had some natural advantages. Growing up on the farm, we were on 120 acres and there was rain, we were surrounded by rainforests and a view to the coast. So they got a perfectly healthy yeah. environment, you know, and that has some effect on their lungs developing. But I mean, I, being in pharmacy, I supplemented them early on. Yeah. I juiced stuff for them, you know, like juiced carrots and yep. thing. We ate fruit every morning. The juices ended when you know, his younger brother vomited beetroot juice all over the, the uh, carpet. <laughs> So we dropped that part of the program after a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of it. We'll stick to uh, pills, thank you very much, (laughs) vitamin pills. Um, What about an attitude of excellence? Would you say you have this attitude of excellence, whether it be schoolwork, sporting, or are you more of a chilled, relaxed family? No, I mean, we 
I wanted to give the kids everything my parents couldn't give me. My, my parents gave me everything they could give me. And I was able to give more to my kids because of my financial situation. But yeah. we tried to expose the kids to everything and not just sport. It was travel, you know, food, wine, just to give them as broad an experience as they could, you know, which was worth something to them. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about excellence, Donna absolutely drove the kids to do the piano. Mm. They couldn't do anything else until they'd done their piano practice. Oh, I love that. So I think that was a discipline that they got. And, and to this day, they hated it at the time. They all say they're going to make their kids do piano. Yeah, I love that. And you hear that quite a lot. And even, you know, as a grown-up now, some of the things my parents made me do, like making my bed every day, and now, it, you know, it just happens. And it's, at the time, I hated it. But it's just, you know, it's that repetition that becomes a habit and it's effortless now. Yeah, well, I think some of the things, like even we thought we'd take the French approach with wine and that we'd expose them to them and teach them what a fine wine tastes like so that we'd demystify wine and they would never be in strength. Well, I can't say that worked all that well <laughs> with, with the boys. But, you know, we, we played tennis. None of them played tennis. We used to read books endlessly. I think Oliver reads a little. Yeah. Some things stick, some things some don't. Things stick, yeah. <laughs> well, running has obviously stuck. Tell me about when Jen stopped coming last and tell me about the progression from last to the Olympics. Well... When we came, we moved down from Tambury, went to a, a school. We went there because they had a great um, computer program, nothing to do with sport. I can remember being at work and this one of the mothers of a quite a sporty girl rang me at work to tell me that Genevieve had won the cross country. And I said, oh, okay. And But that was a big deal. Like there were some very good athletes there that she beat. I think it was grade five. And so, well, that's good. And then Donna took her to um, districts mm-hmm. and she... She came fifth, snuck in and just got in a fifth, which makes you go on to regionals. Then she went to regional and some girl fell down in a, in a puddle before the thing and Genevieve snuck in again at fifth, so went to, to um, states. And then we expected her to be absolutely demolished by the good athletes up there. And she came, I think, eighth. Wow. Which just shocked everybody. You know, we were expecting somewhere in the 20s. Yeah. And we said, oh, maybe we better give this girl some support. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, then we, we did sort of focus a little more on her running. Yeah, okay. And that was around grade five. Yeah. Okay. And then, and so did you then, you know, stick at Little A's or rejoin her or you then got her a coach or joined an athletics team? Well, we were, um, we're at, in, at Daisy Hill now by J- at John Paul College. So we'd left Little A's and they had a run club, which again was Donna's idea. She made them all go to run club. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that was before or after she won the cross country. I'm pretty sure it was after. Then the following year, we, uh, I was running with her around the, around the block, I think, was the training that she got. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm starting to lose track of it. But she went to nationals and she was just training with the run club and she got second, which was, you know, amazing. Yep. I think the following year we got her a coach, which was grade six. He coached her. And, I mean, Donna, once again, got all of us to go down and train with Genevieve. So she always had company. And, you know, somebody else to share the pain. Yeah. And then that, that year she won national. So, wow. You know, then we knew that, you know, she had some talent. Tell me, as a parent, were there tough decisions that you needed to make? And I want to give a brief example here 
during the Tokyo Olympics, I was listening to an interview with one of the gymnasts um, and they had to have three knee reconstructions by the age of 21. And I was thinking, imagine having a 15-year-old and being told that they need a knee reconstruction and then, you know, having to make that decision, do I allow them to keep, you know, competing and potentially break their body down? Uh, Tell me about any tough decisions that you had to make. Um, Well, there weren't many uh, in terms of um, with the kids. The kids were all no problem growing up. You know, they did everything they should. Genevieve and three of her teammates from school got selected in the Australian cross-country team that competed in Italy. And just leading into that, and leading into nationals where she came fourth or fifth. How old would she have been here? This was grade, oh, I can't think of it, it's eight, nine or ten. It was around okay. that area. All right, okay. And she was complaining of a pain in the back and we treated it in all sorts of ways and we're just getting worse and worse. And then after nationals, we finally got a, a proper study done and she had fractured a, one of the necks on a vertebrae, you know, one of the little spurs. So she'd been in a lot of pain for a long time. You know, we looked after that with just rest and pool running and just kept her from impact. Until she started running professionally, that was the only um, bad injury that she had. What about mental health? You know, we hear in the media all the time, we've got Ash Barty that took a big break from tennis because of the mental load. Did you observe any mental health challenges competing at such a high level at a young age? No, I'd have to say the exact opposite. I mean, Jennifer didn't just run. She played touch football. She did triathlon, soccer, hockey, gymnastics. Often she would play touch football in the morning on the Gold Coast and then I'd take her to Brisbane to run a cross-country, you know, up at Nunda. So I can remember she was playing in the final, the interstate touch football, and there was a drop-off, which is a very tense moment. It's like the shootout in the soccer Mm -hmm. and all her friends were vomiting and Genevieve said I love shootouts it's just fun you know I love uh, so not shootouts a drop-off they call it she was just never phased by nerves why do you think that is what do you sounds like she's mentally very resilient why do you think that is I think it's just from we've always kept it fun like she never got burnt out she loved what she was doing she loved pleasing her coach she loves winning thankfully she was lucky to win early on so she was able to put more energy into it and get more results. But she just competed in, you know, swim carnivals, everything. And the thing was, there's no castigation for failure. There was no, um, you know, we always encouraged her and said, well done, no matter what you got, because we know she did her best. So I don't think she ever developed an anxiety. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen her anxious since then on the world stage, but she was never anxious as a junior. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't think burnout was an issue. And we always kept it fun. Like we'd invite her friends around, you know, even her competitors to end of season barbecue said that they would all stay friends and it'd be friendly on the, on the track and they'd, you know, like they'd support each other when the other one won. So we just kept it light and happy and, and relaxed, I think was the thing growing up. I think you raise a really good point here about walking that fine line between encouraging them and, and kind of channeling their talent versus pushing them too hard and I was listening to an interview with the parents of Olympic rower and they said that they had a deal with their son where they would do everything to support him, but he had to get out of bed on his own. And, you know, rowers wake up at ridiculous times. It's usually got a four in front of it. <laughs> and they said, we would get up, make their sandwiches, drive them, you know, do all that. But they had to be the one to get out of the bed when the alarm went off. And I thought, what a great 
line to draw. <laughs> Tell me, Tony, I want to ask you for us, uh, you know, parents of children with a glimmer of hope, what advice would you give us if, you know, if our child is showing either talent or passion for a particular sport, how do you suggest we walk that line between encouraging them without pushing them so hard? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we were just lucky. I mean, Genevieve would get herself out of, you know, she'd pack a bag the night before for training. So she was, she was organised. Self-motivated. Yeah, self-motivated. But we didn't focus on any one thing. We didn't make that the goal. So if you didn't succeed at that one sport or event, your life wasn't over. So she went to nationals for triathlon, cross country, all of them. So she always had something else to fall back on. If you're talking about pushing, I just don't feel I ever had to push. Mm -hmm. You've got to put everything in their favour, but let them, like the rower's parents said, you've got to put in your bit. I love that. And they generally do. Yeah, it's almost like being their coach, you know, like they're the ones that's got to turn up, but, you know, you're going to provide that extra support, I guess. Yeah. What about when you've got the kid that shows talent, but the motivation's not there? A bit like my story at the start, me trying to get Lockie out in training, but he's just not that into it. Do you think it's worth pursuing that or how do you how do you balance that out well you can do it for a short while Genevieve didn't want to go to America she didn't want to go to college she tried to miss the test you know like she did everything to avoid going we just insisted you know through tears and everything else we made her go but that was towards the end of her career Mm. I've known plenty of kids there were so many talented kids that Genevieve came across growing up they just never went on with it but I think you've just got to you can't make them, but you can make everything easier for them. Mm. Make it absolutely easy so that they'll eventually pick up the desire when they see that get rewarded by success. They get reinforced by success. Why do you think those kids, if you can think of a handful of kids with immense talent you saw, but they didn't go forward, why, what were some of the reasons? Why? A big one was crazy parents. What do you mean by crazy parents? Oh, I'm starting to get worried. No, there are some crazy parents. I've <laughs> seen, I saw a lot of them. I saw some amazingly talented kids and the parents just were too hard on them, too pushy, you know, um, yeah, okay. too demanding. Look, honestly, um, Genevieve lost, that was okay. You don't want to foster defeatism, but you just also say, you know, you did the best, the girl was too good for you, there's not much you can do about it. You know, let's get her next time. And, and she got them next time. But I've seen people tearing into their kids and giving them a hard time. Oh, that's terrible. But also, I was, I mean, once again, very lucky. It, was, it coincided with a relatively affluent time of my life. And we flew Genevieve everywhere. Like, and we often flew her friends, like flew Annette down there to keep her company. So we, we were able to... Made it fun and, and easy for her. Yeah, but also we had the funds to do it. And not all parents have that. Yeah. Absolutely. There's some talented kids who just don't get the chance because their parents can't afford it. Yeah, absolutely. And that is just so sad. And I hope that, you know, the government does what it can with grants, et cetera, to support those children because that is that is a real loss. Yeah, I think talent identification is important, but there's so many other factors. I know Triathlon Queensland was screening athletes and they did a big rundown on what the parents' abilities were and what the parents did. So I think they were sort of psychometrically testing the the genes or the support group for the kid. Mm. And I think that is just as important too, the support or the child gets. Absolutely. And I think you've kind of answered this next question, but I want to ask it anyway. Do you think it's better to expose your child to many sports in primary school or just to kind of hone in and focus on one or two? No, absolutely. Keep it as broad as you can. Do not try to pick a winner. We didn't choose 
steeplechase for Genovese. She didn't do that until she went to America. So Why? Why do you think that it's important to broaden that range? Well, just to find out what they're good at and have fun. Like the kids love team sports and running is somewhat solitary, but so she had the fun of playing all those team sports. And I think the variety is good for developing kids' muscles and bones. When you do too much of the same thing, you can overwork certain muscle groups. I mean, it is dangerous playing, say, hockey, getting whacked in the head with a stick or playing touch football and hurting yourself, diving over the line. But you've got to let them be kids. And I think Genevieve playing touch football has been good for her steeplechase. I I don't know if you saw a race not so long ago Mm. where somebody fell down in front of her. She just pretty much hurtled her and skipped away from her and kept going. Oh, isn't that awesome? Is there anything you would have done differently looking back? I'd say no. Um, I think we were really lucky. We were lucky that the kids grew up on Tambourine Mountain. We were lucky we picked a co-ed school where they could support her. We were lucky that she had a um, coach who didn't want to flog her, who had a a long-term view of what she should do. We had friends that helped her go to training, you know, looked after her. She had a friend called Annette. Her daughter ran with Genevieve and she often took Genevieve to races or games or whatever. Yeah. Because we had four kids we were getting to the same amount of sports. So you can have a good network. All we did was keep her healthy, take her to absolutely every event she wanted to compete in and um, keep it fun. Oh, I love that. That was our model and that worked for us. We could have been lucky. Keep them healthy and uh, make sure they have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, any last parting advice for us uh, motivated parents that want, like you, to experience an athlete and support their child in their athletic passions? That's a big topic. Every kid is different. I've heard coaches talk about young kids who are early maturers and this is their time. You've got to let them do it. So you can push them. They will probably not have the the body type to go on long-term, so push them then. Other ones like Genevieve, who was small, we didn't push it too hard. Well, her coach was very mindful that he had a long-term view of her sporting career, so he never pushed her. So she could have won a lot more junior titles if we'd let him or if he decided to push her. He never did, so... You can't push your desires on your kids. Yeah. I mean, I would say Genevieve never had this vision or dream to go to the Olympics. She just loved running. She loved sport. She loved to please her coach. When she was at college in America, I was still reminding her, telling her that she could possibly go to the Olympics. That wasn't the, you know, the, the end point of all her thing. It was just fun. And to this day, she loves running never wants to stop running. That is amazing. And look, I think the real takeout, what I'm hearing chatting with you today, which is just so inspiring is how you kept it fun and how it really was, you know, driven by her her passion and her enjoyment for the sport rather than pressure. And I think that's a really great point for us parents to take away. You should be so proud, you and Donna and Jen, we all are in Australia. And thank you so much for all your insights today. My pleasure, Amelia. Healthy Her was presented by me, Amelia Phillips. Producer, Tina Matalov. Theme music composed by Matthew Dwyer. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. For more tips and insights on this topic, visit my show notes at ameliaphillips.com.au. If you like my podcast or think other mums might find it helpful, please spread the word by sharing a link to your network of fellow mums. And feel free to drop me a line on Instagram anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Listener.